right, let's get into today's message because uh, I got this. This is gonna be good. I think uh, I had a lot of fun preparing for it, um, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. So. We're going through this topic of navigating forward, part three, learning from those who've gone before you, you don't know it all. So right now I'm dealing with the second portion, but we're going to do part B of the second portion on learning from those who've gone before. And we're talking about Joseph's story in the Old Testament. But previous to that, we talked about the importance of an attitude, having an attitude of gratitude, beginning with contentment. If we're going to look at the future and wonder how we're going to navigate, if we're going to navigate our finances, going to navigate our career, if we're going to navigate relationships, um, all that stuff, uh, where to live, um, what I'm going to be covering over the next number of weeks is going to lay an incredible foundation for having an attitude and maybe a healthier vision of, of or lens what to look through as you begin to plan and look ahead. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to dig in some more. Last week, we looked at a couple scenes from the story of Joseph. We talked about Joseph's dreams in Genesis 37. He got that special coat with many colors that got his brothers jealous. Um, Then he goes to check on his brothers. Remember that? Dad sends him. He goes, sure, Dad, I'll go because he likes doing that, pleasing Dad. Then he gets caught and gets thrown into a pit. And and, uh, then he's sold as a slave. And then, of course, the brothers plotted the great cover-up, which comes back to bite them. I hope we get to that today. If not, we will get to it next week for sure. Uh, the scene two in this story, because there's something to learn from this story, guys. This, this particular story has so much to it to give us hope as we look forward in our future. So... Now we got the scene of, of Joseph being sold as a slave and then as sold again to Potiphar because he got sold to the uh, caravan first. So that's one sale. Then he sold to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. Uh, he doesn't fall for it, leaves his coat, and then she accuses him of attempted rape. Potiphar throws him in jail. Now he goes in jail. So sold once, sold twice. Um, head of a household, now lied about, thrown in jail. So it's pretty bad. Now we get to scene three this is where things get interesting well it's been interesting all along but i I love this part so let's it's gonna be a lot of scripture today it's almost like a Sunday school class we're we're gonna we're gonna dig into this and uh have some fun uh with with some of the depths of this story um genesis 39 but the lord was with joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Okay, pause here for a minute. Do you remember last week when Joseph was in Potiphar's house? The Lord showed favor to Joseph as he led Potiphar's household. Everything he did had success. Potiphar noticed that. It's like he had a, I won't say that, never mind. <laughs> he, he had luck with him the whole time. I was thinking something about a horseshoe, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> just too funny. But things just seemed to go his way, and it was God's blessing. And Potiphar noticed it and put him in charge and gave him favor. Here in jail. Here he's in jail, and God shows him favor. Do you realize that God can show you favor in whatever you perceive to be your prison of what you're in? He has shown favor on you. Are you even aware of it? It's like that quote I gave at the very beginning. Um, It's not that we need to be in the presence of the Lord. We're always in his presence. What we need is the awareness of it. In the same way, are you aware of God's favor on you 
Or do you still compare your worth and value with your behavior? If you are, oh my goodness, it's time to hear grace. Grace shows us and tells us that we are right with God right now, regardless of our behavior. And when we start to believe the rightness we are in God, our righteousness, our holiness, our forgiveness, our right standing, when we believe we are good with God, then our behavior begins to change. It's not the other way around. The religious system says do these things in order to become righteous, holy, good, pure, favored with God. God will bless you if you're good and curse you if you're bad. My goodness, that's religion. Goodbye. See ya. No thanks. I'm done with that. Uh, once you've tasted the good news, you can't untaste it. Once it's been revealed, it can't, it can't be unrevealed. It can be forgotten. If you keep listening to voices of negativity and systems of religion, you can forget the good news you've heard. And I've, unfortunately, uh, I've bumped into some folks that were joining on the journey of grace and they've gone back to a legalistic, you know, God who's ready to give you retribution for what you've done wrong. It's like, what happened? What did you forget? Oh my goodness. That's crazy. So here in this story, God showed favor to Joseph. And he can show favor to you as well. He is showing favor. Are you aware of the favor of God in your life? Just think about that. Maybe that's all you needed for today. Fine. Here we go. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Holy smokes. This guy rises to the top at everything he does. Except in the pit, he got went down to the bottom. But you know what? When you start at the bottom of a pit, <laughs> and the only way is up, everything gets better from there on. But still, here he's learning something. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. And this is in prison. Oh my. I love this story. Sometime later, Pharaoh's cheap cuff cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master pharaoh became angry with those two officials and put them in the prison where joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard so this is not just your you know run-of-the-mill prison this is like your the prison for the big wigs for the high security people the ones that are have really ticked off royalty so it's a special jail. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. So take a moment here and notice that the leadership skills that he was developing. All right, first at Potiphar's home, and now here in prison. I wonder if those skills would ever become useful to him. I wonder if in the future that may help him somehow. Hmm, let's find out. <laughs> smile, smile. All right, Genesis 40, the chief cupbearer and the baker each have dreams. This is a significant part of the story. And there's a couple things you got to see here. I want you to capture the ongoing character of Joseph in the story. Um, I am certain he got frustrated. I'm certain he was anguished. I'm sure he said, God, where are you? What's going on here? What did I ever do to deserve this? I'm guessing he did because he's human. I'm guessing. But that was not the pattern of his life. The pattern of his life, as it's shared in this story, and remember, the Old Testament, the, the, the book of Genesis wasn't, was 
passed down generation to generation in an oratory way, verbally shared down through history, okay? Then it was finally written. So this is what we're getting. This is how we got this story in Genesis, all right? It was first verbally given. So the point here is if the story had had any constant pattern of negativity where Joseph was, oh, this is terrible, life sucks. Oh no, why am, I, why am I in prison again? I didn't do anything wrong. Everybody's terrible. The world's against me. Oh, it's, there's a conspiracy. I lost my rights and freedom. Oh, sorry. Yep. He didn't do that. At least that's not the story that was carried forward because that wasn't the point. The point here is God's favor on him. Not his, not his uh, whining, if he whined, we didn't hear much about it, but at least he was receiving the blessing of God. So here is in prison and he does something cool. And this is why I brought this up because he says, uh, after these guys say, Hey, uh, we've had these dreams. We don't know what to do. Um, he says, interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. This is a critical, critical line, a mindset. You see, certain people in spiritual leadership like people coming to, to them for their help, to rely on them for their spiritual wisdom. And uh, yes, it feels good when people come to you for that kind of advice, but the source of that wisdom is not the individual. If somebody comes to me as a pastor, as pastor, can you help me? Uh, I'll listen, but I know full well the source is Christ if I get any wisdom at all, okay? Uh, it's time to listen to who the source is here. So here, Joseph is giving the source credit back to who God is. He says, this is all in God's hands. So the cupbearer, he dreams this dream and released it. Uh, sorry, he... He shared his dream, and basically, you'll have to go look it up in Genesis 40. That's why I've got it on the screen here, so you can go back and read these stories. These are great stories. Go read them again if you haven't read them for a long time, because I am so skipping over stuff. There's so much here, I just could not share it all. But this guy, the cupbearer, has a dream about some vines and grapes and loves a three, blah, blah, blah. Isn't that cool? Fine. So the cupbearer's dream meant that he'd be released in three days. That's pretty neat. Okay. Then the baker said, ooh, I got a dream too. Can you can you interpret my dream? So he tells him about some stuff he's baking, blah, 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 and the birds come and eat it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Joseph tells him, yeah, your dream, you're going to be released in three days as well, except you're going to die. It's like, what? I don't like this interpretation. I want my money back. <laughs> so three days comes along, and they are released. And here's what uh, Joseph... Uh, um, he, he, he actually begs the cupbearer, hey, don't forget about me. I'm stuck in it. See, he doesn't like being in there. He, doesn't he wants freedom out of jail. So there's another little tweak, a little small window of humanity of, from Joseph when he's saying, hey, get me out of here. This is, this is amazing. You know, I, I don't want to be here. So please, 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 I just helped you help me. And what, is, what does the guy do? Verse 23 says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Oh my. Isn't it funny how when we get blessed with uh, something, whether it's a windfall of something or uh, 
a job go a promotion goes our way or whatever we get really lucky with something so to speak um we tend to forget those that we've been connected to it's it's it happens but it means often that there's a selfishness connected to that so we're going to switch to the next scene so we've had three major scenes happen now we come to scene number four this is where things take off a little bit two full years later ouch Joseph is in prison for another two years. Who knows how long he was in that place? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All right. So the next morning, uh, the Pharaoh had a dream and that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. I'm not going to read the whole dream to you guys. Uh, the next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dream. So he called for his magicians and the wise men of Egypt. When the Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Uh, if you're once you read forward through the Old Testament, you're going to see that uh, there's another king or two, but for sure one who has a dream and wishes his wise people, his magicians and whatever to interpret the dream. So this is a a common theme here, but this is of the this is one of the first that we hear about in, in the in the Bible. So they can't tell what it means. Finally. Mr. Cupbearer finally gets this. The chief cupbearer spoke up. Oh, today I've been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. It's like the light bulb goes on. I think God turned on the light bulb. I think it was it was God. Mind you, this is such a stark issue because this this cupbearer he was released because of his dream and being having it interpreted okay so obviously something really clicked for him he said he says to pharaoh some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard one night the chief baker and i each had a dream each dream had its own meaning there was a young hebrew man with us in prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard we told him our dreams and he told us what each of our dreams meant and everything that happened just sorry and everything happened just as he predicted i was restored to my position as cupbearer and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole ah, that's pretty graphic so pretty serious uh remembrance going on here all right so Pharaoh then sends for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went and stood before Pharaoh. Pause there for a minute. I remember growing up, uh, somebody preached on this and said, well, you see, Joseph just took his dilly-dally time. He had this personal confidence that, oh, you know, um, uh, I'm going to, the, going to see the Pharaoh, and he kind of did the shaving and dressing up in confidence but i don't think that's what happened i think because of who pharaoh is you bring people before the king cleaned up so that's what i think is really going on here just in case you grew up with that same idea as i did then the pharaoh said to joseph i had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means but i have heard that you can hear about a dream and you can interpret it then verse 16 uh, Joseph says, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. There it is again, twice now. 
He does not take credit for it. But he's got, he must have some kind of inner truth saying, hey, you know what? Um, uh, I've got this weird gift. He was acknowledging a gift, obviously source being God, but didn't say, oh, no, I can't do this. Just like in the jail, oh, no, I can't do this. He said, tell me your dreams. Here he tells the Pharaoh, tell me your dream. There's a lesson here as well, acknowledging that each of us have been given different gifts and we are to use them. We are to use them for the benefit of others, not just for ourselves. What gifts have you been given? Have you been given a gift of helps where you help people with stuff? I know a couple, a number of folks at Hope Fellowship, they love serving and doing and, and doing behind the scenes things. And it's wonderful. There are other people who are gifted in music and they do, they, they play, they sing. We have people that are great with sound equipment or video stuff. And we have people that love to teach. We honestly, there's, there's, each one of us has giftedness. Some encourage, some just reach out to other people and send cards and just love each other. If you've received a card from Hope Fellowship, that means somebody took time to write it to you. Hmm. I love that. They, you were on their mind. Who did that? I think God did. God places people in our mind to reach out to. And that's why I sent, when I sent the email out this week, I said, folks, contact somebody you haven't heard from for a while this COVID thing and and don't expect me to call everybody because it I, I can't do that i mean i can't call everyone i'm not supposed to be doing all of it we together as a family are to reach out to one another all right let's do this together i'm encouraging you to do that because we're all ministers anyway back to this he says it's beyond my power to do this and joseph replied but god can tell you what it means and set you at ease So he's pointing to the true source. Genesis 41. Joseph responded. Now, this is is after reading or going through the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, and you can read it yourself afterwards. Joseph responded. Both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. So he had two dreams. So Because he had the one, then woke up, couldn't figure it out, and then went back to sleep, had another one. Those two different dreams. It says, God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. This will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance, this is verse 28, uh, what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. And by the way, I read ahead and read the section of when the famine hit and what happens. Oh my goodness, you got to read that. Go and find out. Like it's, it's, it is devastating. And it takes a person of great wisdom to navigate through that because Remember, um, oh, well, no, I, I can't. I won't say remember because we're going to get to it. It's part of the story. But my goodness, go read. This stuff is awesome. It's an easy read, by the way. It's like a story, and it goes really fast. You'll have it done in no time. So it's going to be so bad that even the good years will be forgotten. That's got to be really bad, okay? Like, even with COVID right now, we're thinking, uh-oh, we may have another six months left uh, before it kind of 
far more normalcy can come. I'm guessing, okay? Just guessing. But I have hope. A lot of hope. Um, but we can still think back to last Christmas. We know we got last Christmas we got together. Not this year. Oh, it's past Christmas. But the year before, we remember those good times. But here it says they didn't even have a memory that they won't have a, mem- a memory of the good times. That's how bad it's going to be. And it is when you go ahead and read. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. So obviously Joseph has been learning. He's been schooled and I have a strong hunch that in his role in Potiphar's house, his role in the prison, he's had access to wise people. He was a student and a learner. He had conversations with individuals and God gave him wisdom as well. For him to be able to say, hey, two of these dreams mean it's really going to happen. So like that takes some skill uh, and giftedness. Therefore, Pharaoh, you should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, the famine will destroy the land. <laughs> Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Joseph asked his officials, sorry, so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Whoa. Holy smokes. Somebody else acknowledged God. By the way, back to Potiphar. Potiphar recognized God's blessing on him in jail. The jailkeeper recognized God's blessing on Joseph. And now the Pharaoh recognizes God's blessing on Joseph. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you. You will be in charge of my court. And all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. <laughs> wow! Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Holy smokes! What a huge, huge promotion, okay? Talk about winning a lottery. Oh my goodness. It gets better. Then Pharaoh removed the signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. That's a big deal. Dressed him in fine linen clothing clothing, and hung a gold chain around his neck. <laughs> That's cool. It was very different than jail, huh? By the way, remember he had already come cleaned up. He had already shaved, already had good clothes on. But now he's given the clothes of the representative of the Pharaoh. Unbelievable. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And whenever, wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh. 
but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. To do that in the span of a short conversation, what is what appears, just in the span of one day, to have that kind of a mindset, that, that takes some conviction and believing. There's something about Joseph that was believable, whether it was the energy flowing from him, whether it was the presence of God flowing and oozing out from him, even though Joseph may not have fully recognized it, but I think he did. Um, there was just this calm confidence in this. Guess what? You and I have the same favor. You and I have the same favor as Joseph had. In fact, ours is even greater than what Joseph had. You think his favor was awesome. Ha! Yours is much greater because now we get to experience Christ in us, not just with us. Huh. Incredible. Scene five. Uh-oh. I'm not going to get to it. I, I know it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there because um, scene five and six we'll bring up next week. That, they're really good. You're, you're going to love it. I've been oh, waiting a long time to get to it. And I don't have time. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm going to, just a heads up. If you want to do some research, look up the names of uh, Joseph's sons um, that he names his, his, his two kids. And we're going to do a spinoff on that. That's how we're going to end next week. Because there is a radical, radical lesson there. That's going to hopefully blow your mind because it blows mine. I, I love, love, love that part. Oh, my goodness. Just crazy. All right. Let's see if I can uh, uh, hang on a sec here. I want to see if I can get to. Uh oh, don't look. Don't look. Nobody saw this. Nope. You're not seeing it. It just it's just a figment of your imagination. It won't let me go faster. So sorry. <laughs> Pretty, close your eyes. You can't see this. Here we go. Come on. See, that's why I can't finish. Look how many slides are left. Ah, don't cheat. Oh, my goodness. I thought I had... Oh, here we go. Okay, phew. <sighs> so here we go. Navigating forward. <laughs> Next week, we're going to continue with this good news of hope because there is so much hope to give. If you're having a hard time right now with this COVID thing, if you're feeling depressed, honestly, if you are, reach out, call, um, message me. Um, you're not alone. There are folks here in Hope Fellowship that, that are fr your friends. Reach out to them as well. This, this is a time for us to really reach out because we had a pattern of reaching out to one another based on the context of seeing each other weekly or bi-weekly or even monthly as a fellowship. But now we're not physically seeing each other at all. Now we actually have to be intentional in thinking of one another. Th this takes more effort. And maybe that's one thing we can learn from this COVID isolation time is to think outside of our own homes and find creative ways to encourage one another. I think in Hebrew it says, find, find creative ways to encourage and build each other up. Well, do that then. Why not? When, usually when we're having a harder time, often we're thinking of our own situation too much. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about what's going on with you. But you can get into a spin cycle very, very quickly. How about we start to think and focus on others? Watch what happens when you begin to think of others in your own household and try to meet their needs and be kind to them and encourage them. And then you think of others outside your home, your neighbors, people, you, friends that you have been in contact with or haven't been in contact with for a while. 
Watch what happens. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Folks, thank you for taking time today.